You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. FUVFC, April 12th, 2018. FUVFC returning from our spring break. Bit of a lengthy one, two-week spring break, and then a a week off last week. And we missed a ton, but we're going to have a lot to talk about today because the Champions League, it kind of turned from... All the favorites winning and everybody thinking, okay, it's going to be all four of the big teams in the Final Four, to being, wow, this is wide open and any one of the four teams left, including Roma, could have has a genuine shot at winning this. The Undertaker. Yeah, Sandies. I mean, I was so impressed with Roma as an, as an entire squad, the way that they just took apart Barcelona. Because, I mean, three coming back from three goals against Barcelona, I mean... They they had the everybody knew that Roma had the capability to come home and keep a clean sheet on Barcelona. Roma's got a great back line. Italian soccer is notorious for having great defense. It's not surprising that they would come home and keep a clean sheet against Barcelona. But to score three goals and come all the way back, it's just absolutely insane. I'm really surprised. I'm not necessarily as surprised as a lot of people are about Barcelona. I was saying this when we were when Chelsea were facing Barcelona. I said I'm not that scared of this Barcelona team, and that and that was that proved true at Stamford Bridge because Chelsea absolutely ran riot on them, and then Leo. Messi did his thing in the second leg, helped out by some poor goalkeeping by Thibaut Courtois. But I'm not stunned by this. This Barcelona team is very pragmatic. They like to grind out wins, and they're not used to teams going at them. And it showed no team has gone at them in the league this year because Real Madrid has struggled the time that they played them in the league. So no team has really gone down their throat, and that was a new experience for them besides what happened at Chelsea, and they got really lucky to get a draw there. But Roma were just completely on form, and and I'm not as stu- I am stunned because it's a three nil, a three goal deficit overturned. That was stunning, but I'm not surprised Barcelona is out of the Champions League right now. Yeah, across the two legs, I like if the first leg had been cl- closer than four one Barcelona, yeah. I wouldn't be that surprised. But they had to come back from down three goals. Yeah, honestly, I mean Roma is a good team in their own right, but they're not at the caliber of Barcelona. But just seeing them pick them apart in the second game, I thought it would be over after that four-one defeat in the first leg. But not, yeah, not only keeping the clean sheet at home, which yes, they are an Italian team, but still keeping a clean sheet against Messi and um, Suarez and those guys, it, it's got to be hard and. Then going out and scoring three goals while keeping that clean sheet when their backs were against the wall, I thought was not only impressive, but just like almost impossible. John Furlong, Luke Fiore, Christian Hoban here with you. Thanks for joining us on FUVFC on this April 12th edition. We're going to talk a lot of Champions League. It's the Mm -hmm. big story right now. Champions League quarterfinals are done. Semifinals coming up. We've got four teams left. We've got Luke's Liverpool, so that's pretty much yeah. why he's here. <laughs> pretty much why he's here. An yeah. absolute uh, a, a masterclass, a clop masterclass against Man City over two legs. Absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about. We'll talk a little bit about Bayern and Sevilla. Kind of the one that really is getting overlooked because Bayern went through. No real surprise there, but nil nil at the Allianz, and Bayern is kind of. They're not as uh, they're not looking as strong as you might think they would be at this point in the competition. And then obviously we're probably going to start with Real Madrid and Juventus. Juventus almost had a Roma esque a Roma esque comeback coming back from a three goal deficit. This time coming back from a three goal deficit on the road 
almost putting th- putting three past uh, Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, almost getting through, if not for a 93rd-minute penalty called by Michael Oliver. And we'll get to the whole, was it a penalty, was it not a penalty? Christian's ready to yell at people. <laughs> Luke's ready to yell at people. I'm ready to yell at people over this. And we'll talk a little bit of Premier League at the end. We'll kind of recap what happened. Top four race being over. We'll recap Man City and Man United. That's probably that's as good of, as a trophy for Man United, what they oh, did yeah. to Man City. They, coming back from two goals down against arguably the best Premier League team in history. I don't even know if you can make that argument anymore. I mean, this is a massively disappointing... Let's start there. This is a massively disappointing season, in my opinion, for Manchester City, only coming out with two trophies. I mean, I used this example with you yesterday, Luke, when we were talking off... off uh, when I saw you on campus. Man City, Chelsea did this two years... Uh, my freshman year, so three years ago. They won the league in the League Cup. That was a really solid season but this Man City team was supposed to be the greatest Premier League team of all time. They were supposed to run riot over everybody, and they miss out on both the FA Cup and the Champions League, and they go out pretty embarrassingly in both competitions. I think this season has kind of turned into a disaster for Man City. This is one that Man City fans are going to look back five years from now and say, wow, we let a couple trophies get away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a complete disappointment for Man City. You knew from relatively early in the season that they were going to win the uh, title, so... That's kind of out of the question. Anything less than a treble for them this season was a disaster. And this yeah. is, and I mean, even if they had won the FA Cup, I mean, a treble is a treble. I mean, that's really impressive. It's very, it's been very long since a team won a, a legitimate treble. Man United fans, do not give me last season was a treble. Community Shield does not count towards a treble. Get out of here with that. But anyway, continue, Luke. Yeah, well, um, it starts with those losses to the teams that are outside the Premier League in England. So teams that are in like the third division, I think they lost to Wigan. Yeah, lost to Wigan. Um, the Liverpool loss, that kind of started everything, the 4-3 loss in January. But pretty much Liverpool being able to pick them apart in the first leg. Then um, Man United coming back from two down at Man City uh, to win the game. And then what Liverpool was able to do to them um, on Tuesday. It's just casting doubt on Man City season. Now, obviously, I think they're still going to win the league title. Duh. Um, We've known that since it would, it would have to be... Um, <laughs> I think they'd have to... It's something like they'd have to lose every game for yeah. the rest of the season, yeah. and Manchester United would have to win every game. Something yeah. crazy. It's crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I take it that they're still going to win, um, but still, like as you said, winning the league title isn't enough uh, to account for a successful season, unless you're someone like Leicester, who did it two years ago, who won the league, and... I mean, but this is Man City. Like, yeah. And <laughs> they with, have all the, everyone. with all the money they spent, you've yeah. got to get more than two trophies out of this season because teams are going to get better. And it's I not, don't, yeah. I, Liverpool's on their way up. Chelsea, I mean, they're not, I don't think, I really hope they're not going to come in fifth next year. They kind of go up and down, and next season, based on form, would be an mm-hmm. up season for them. You've got Man United, although I don't trust them because it's a Mourinho third season, and throughout his history, his third seasons have always been his worst. So I'm not too worried about Man City if I'm a man, I'm not too worried about Man United if I'm a Man City fan, but this was a year where they really could have taken everything offered to them. And it's so hard to do that, and you need to take advantage of it while you can because they don't want to be... It's going to be so much harder to do a Champions League and League double if you're fighting with someone for the league. Right Absolutely. now, they all they, they could just forfeit the league because they had already won it, and this was, this was probably their year to throw everything at the Champions League, and they didn't even come close. Yeah, you... You would have thought they had they had two very tough league matches be, be, between the first and second leg of uh, 
their Liverpool tie in the Champions League, and then after with Manchester United and Tottenham. So those are two very tough ties. They could have kind of just sent out their B team and chalked that up as and two probably, losses or, or even, even put two draws. Exactly. Yeah, as, as, I mean, coming to Wembley is tough for anybody this year, and Manchester United played remarkably in that second half. But you could put out your full-strength lineup, not even worry about those two league matches because they have they only need six points from their last six matches now to win the league. Yeah. Like, of course they're going to get that. That's no, Nobody's doubting that they're going to win the league. I was more surprised, and I would think, as a Manchester City fan, more disappointed uh, by the FA Cup. Yo, um, absolutely. That because, was, I if mean, I'm a Man City like, fan, that's crushing. Like, you can't expect to win the Champions League. I mean, you can think that you have a very good chance and throw all you can at it, and Manchester City are one of the best teams in the world, and they had as good a shot as anyone else, but when you're playing the Madrids, the Bayerns, the Barcelonas of the world, you can't expect to win it the way that you can expect to beat Wigan. That was very. That was a very <laughs> underrated loss. Like, that was, if I'm a Man City fan, that's a crushing, that's one of the worst moments of the season. Oh, yeah. Was the that's worst probably the worst Was the, the worst season. moment of the season up until this past weekend up when they blew that 2-0 two, two lead to yeah. Man, Man United. This whole week has been a a disaster for Man City. But two points. Um, one, everyone on Man City has been, and their attacking unit has been healthy, which, except for um, Aguero in the first leg against Liverpool, but, like, everyone has been healthy in this time span when they're losing. Like, they have Jesus, they have Sterling, Sané, De Bruyne. I know. So that's what's kind of most alarming, is it Pep Guardiola's tactics? Because it looked as if Jurgen Klopp, at least, Outthought him and was out able to out well, pretty much play uh, his scheme. And then, secondly, I think if Man City just say that Man City went through and they would be up against either a Roma, um, a Bayern, or Real, I think they would have a really good chance and ex- of. And exactly, and all of us should be not you, but us two should be very upset that we were both knocked out in the round of sixteen because this tournament has really opened up. Mm-hmm. And I told Jackson this the other day; he's our Man United fan. He should be more upset about anybody because oh, yeah. Man United is playing the best football, probably definitely in England right now. But you could argue in the in the entire continent that they're playing the best football right now, and they would be probably hot favorites if right yeah. now in the Champions League if they beat Sevilla. I mean, they would have had... I mean, maybe they would have come up against Real Madrid or something like that, but, like... If it, they played Bayern, I think Man U would have had a very, very good 100%, shot at Oh, 100%. I think this Man United team is... It, they're a very, very good team, and this was a massively wasted opportunity for Man United in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Spurs and Chelsea, not as much. Yes, I, don't I think, mean, I don't think Chelsea, Barcelona, that's not a... That's, I mean... And you guys had as, Juventus. Yeah, we that's had a Juventus. T- that's a like, tough it's tough up. for both of them, but United should be the most disappointed. Oh, United should have beat Sevilla. I'd like to go back to something that uh, Luke said. Uh, I don't really think th- the first half of the second leg of that Manchester City Liverpool game was just pure domination. And if that second goal had not been wrongly disallowed, I think that Manchester City come out in the second half and make it all the way back. That is true, but Jurgen Klopp and the, the Pep Guardiola sending off did hurt, did hurt Man yeah. City. That probably lost mm-hmm. them the game right there. That squelled, uh, that squashed any comeback hopes. But I think that Jurgen Klopp, regardless, would have done a well, would have done a great job at halftime. He's a great halftime manager. He would yeah. have retooled the team to really fix what Man City was doing so well, and you saw it. I mean, I, again, I don't want to say everything because if Guardiola's on the sideline, I mean, that, that just yeah, takes if, all the energy out of if, the team when your manager gets sent if, off. If Guardiola's on the sideline and it's only a one-goal deficit coming into the second half, that puts Liverpool yeah. on a lot shakier ground Absolutely. than a two-goal 
advantage with Guardiola in the stands. But I think the moves that Klopp made by oh, switching don't get me wrong, switching Klopp Milner and had Oxley a great two legs. Yeah, and then putting Salah at striker, I thought was kind of brilliant because it allowed him his pace up top, and then it also kind of changed the dynamics because also Robert- took the pressure off of his legs. Yeah, yeah. Robertson and uh, Mane usually play together, but it was very nice seeing how Robertson and Firmino played on the left together. I think they actually played better together. So just switching everything up on Guardiola, especially when he wasn't on the field to combat it, just... Uh, it, it was very, very smart uh, on Klopp's part. All right, we've gone 11 minutes, 12 minutes now exactly, without talking about the two biggest stories in world football. So we're going to start with the Real Madrid one because that one's more recent, then we'll go to Barcelona. But Real Madrid, just a quick little recap for those of you, obviously if you if if you uh, are listening to the show, I'm sure you know what happened, but 3-0 at the Bernabeu going into stoppage time, a penalty on Lucas Vasquez called on Mendy Benascia. Kind of a, a a very soft penalty call. I 100% believe it was the right decision. Luke, was it a penalty or no? Um, yes, it was definitely a penalty. Um, yes, Real Madrid is known for going down very easily in the box, but um, Benacia had two hands on him. He had his leg up. It is um, it's definitely a penalty. The question on my end is whether it was the right call. I, if I were the ref, I would not have called it. No, you can't swallow your whistle. Yes, I mean, you can. No, it you is, can't. It no. is the 93rd minute. There's 30 seconds left of the game, I, and a guy goes down softly. Obviously, no, 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 no. Let me, let me say this first. If it was a soft-er penalty, then yes. If it's, let's say, in, in the Man City-Liverpool game, Sterling was running towards the end line. He gets like a tap on the shoulder from Robertson, mm-hmm. I think it was, and yeah. he goes down because he was going nowhere, and he knew it. So that he just tries to win a penalty. Lucas Vasquez was on the penalty spot. Yeah, but that's what mm. drives me crazy is that he wasn't even looking to score. He knew Bonatti was behind him, and he's looking for contact. If and he, he goes had, down. He could have scored so easily Christian, if he just tried. Christian, if he has that position, you can, if you're Benascia, you can't touch him. You have to get the ball 100%. And you have to reward Lucas for getting in that position to begin with. You can't punish him for being in front of goal and not going for goal. If he wants to go for the penalty and he was allowed to get into that position, so be it. Like, that's that's my argument about this. I really feel that this was 100% the right call and in certain instances, yes, you can't call a penalty that late. It's like swallowing your whistle late in the game in NBA games. There's always a debate about that, whether you should call less fouls late in the game, you just let them play and everything like that. But in this instance, you have to reward Lucas Vasquez for getting that position and being in right there in front of his defender beating his defender, and you have to credit Ronaldo as well. That was for, a great oh, header. For, over, for leaping mm-hmm. Alexandro, yeah. probably one of the best left backs in the world, yeah. and he made him look like a schoolboy. That was incredible. The, 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 thing that, the thing that absolutely drives me crazy is that was a great play by Madrid, a great ball in and a great header from Ronaldo, and Lucas Vasquez should be rewarded for getting in that position. He should be rewarded by trying to score and scoring. That's but I, yeah, under, I, I understand what you're saying. And it, it is weird that he didn't try to go for goal. He tried to chest it down instead of just yeah. heading it no, towards he goal. Was, that was very bizarre. He was 100% looking for that he penalty. He got away with one. I really think he did. He he got bailed out by Benascia. And if you're Benascia, yeah. you have to get the ball 100%. He put his arms on his back, and his, his leg came over and made contact with his body 100% yeah, of penalty. The other thing that drives, me, that drives me crazy about how this game ended 
is Michael Oliver, right? The he's surrounded team. by the entirety of the Juventus squad. Like, everybody is and surrounding gonna... him and pushing and shoving and jockeying for position, and the only punishment he hands out to any of them is a straight red card to Gigi Buffon. Yeah, well, here's is... here's the thing. If, you... if, he's, if he gives Gigi Buffon a straight red card in that situation, he's got to send off five or six Juve players because they were all doing the same thing. At first glance, I 100% agree with you, but last night, if you look really, really closely at the footage and you break it down, Douglas Costa makes contact with Michael Oliver. He gives him a jab in the ribs. And at that time, Douglas Costa is behind Gigi Buffon. And at the time that Douglas Costa makes contact, Gigi Buffon comes around and is yelling at Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver must have thought that it was Gigi who touched him and not and not Douglas Costa because Douglas Costa got away with one. He left after that. And obviously Gigi's yelling right at his face. And if all he needed was a little bit of contact on him, and he was gone. I mean, everybody, yes, everybody was yelling at him, and, and he could have given five or six straight reds because Gigi was he was probably the most demonstrative, but you are right. Everybody was giving him a ton of abuse, and probably for good reason. I mean, if you're Juventus, that's just that makes you furious at that at that time. But it's just a, a being in the case of the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, if you look at the video, go back and I, I, I encourage everybody else listening. It's Douglas Costa who makes a little, gives a little jab to Michael Oliver, whether it's intentional or not. I don't know. But Gigi Buffon ends up taking the blame for it. And, Cause and he gives the straight red right after that. And, and the other thing is it, if you're Juve, you have to be just demoralized because it was the most predictable. Once, once Juve goes up, th- gets up, gets the third goal. The most predictable thing that could have happened was, a controversial soft call going Real Madrid's way to bail them out and give them the match. Yeah, that, that was the most. Pre- that was the most predictable result. Yeah. Um. I. I just. I don't know. I don't think you can even give Buffon a red card. Like, I get the uh, the Douglas Costa argument, but. I mean, this is Buffon. This is likely his last championship. I know it's game. Gigi Buffon. And everybody loves him, but like, like, uh, like, like a how, yellow like card, how, maybe. How but, cool, yeah, I know. How cool would that have been if it's Ronaldo versus Gigi Buffon for a spot? Yeah. For like, and the one, the one consolation here is that Ronaldo's PK was absolutely oh perfect. unsavable. Yeah, oh my Buffon god, was not he is, save that. he's incredible. That was just ice yeah. in his veins to the all right. absolute all max. Right. All right, it was all a right. great shot, but then if, after if, afterwards, if, 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 it's are like, you kidding me? If, he it, took it was off a great shirt shot. and was looking at the cameras. It was, like, it was, a, it was a great shot, but but if he had missed it, it's not like they would have lost. They would have just gone to yeah. extra time, so it's not, I, it's not as true. clutch. That is true. That's fair. No, I mean... <laughs> that was an incredible if had, shot. If they, but I if do they not would have like lost Ronaldo. if he missed it and he nailed it, that would have okay. Fair. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's unfortunate that it was you didn't get to the point where it was Buffon in his last game versus Ronaldo after everything that happened at the beginning of the season and what he's been doing. But yeah, there's I mean, a, there's it, a big difference between Gigi Buffon and, and Wojniak Szczesny. <laughs> I mean, Szczesny's a solid keeper, yeah. but. Coming in off the bench to save yeah, a penalty against guy. He, the he best Champions walk, League player of all time. so slowly to the... He's he like, was like, oh, no. And the other thing is, having watched Madrid in two matches against Spurs earlier this year, I'm so skeptical of how easily they go down. It was so annoying. Oh, yeah. And being a fan of the Premier League, I'm already very skeptical of Michael Oliver's ability to officiate any match, let alone such a huge match. <sighs> 
So the double skepticism has really added up here for me because yeah. I'm not a fan of how easily Madrid go down, and I'm not a fan of Michael Oliver's decision. I would just like to say that as a Liverpool fan, aside from the fact that going up against the possibility of going up against Ronaldo against Liverpool's defense is scary enough, and the fact that Marcelo Trent versus Alexander Arnold versus Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. oh god, <laughs> yeah. the fact that Marcelo versus hey Salah, Trent's been great though. Let's yes, be honest, yes. he's been great. But uh, Salah versus Marcelo is going to be the toughest matchup he's going to have to face. The fact is, Real Madrid goes down very easily, and guys like you've Dijon got Dejan Lovren, Lovren who loves <laughs> to throw out his legs, who is the the next closest thing to Sergio Ramos for cards. I mean, it is quite scary how many PKs they might get. But then again, Loris might be—he's uh, a pretty good shot stopper. But uh, it's not going to stop Cristiano Ronaldo. We talked about this before the show. I think Carius. I don't think Carius is very good. I think Christian agrees I, with yeah, me. Uh, Luke is good. all of a sudden all over Carius. I love Karius. I don't know where this came from. No, I, I just from ever since he started, um, once he took over the starting job for good from Mignolet, I, I he's but just I, but he just he, he makes he, some he bad makes, decisions. He makes bad decisions like that punch. On the disallowed goal oh, in the yeah. first half, no, that was a terrible. Carius, Carius, he got away with one. Yeah, Carius is unreliable. He punched it right into Milner's thigh. Yeah, he, that was the worst punch I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I nah, mean, he's CSS unpredictable. Was worse oh, against yeah, Chile yeah, in the yeah, World yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. that one was the worst. No, there was a game a couple of years the ago where Carius punch. just kicked it to the defender. I mean, kicked yeah. it to the. I mean, I mean he I makes mean, some to, really to bad decisions. To be fair, I've seen a lot of. Really, really world-class keepers who make really bad decisions. Notably, Hugo Lloris makes some really bad decisions on his yeah. distribution. But I still don't think that means Carius is good. No, I think Carius's no. Car- saving is really good and very clutch. His, his shot stopping is good, but he's not great at controlling it once yeah, he stops the shot. I don't. I don't look at him and say, "Wow, he's really in control of this back line." Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I'm see not that. looking that's at it that way. I'm looking at it. He's as not a good organizer. The way of, also, his man bun is a disgrace. Oh yeah, that's horrific. Comparing him to what Liverpool has had for the first seventy percent of the season between him. At the He's start, than Mignolet. And then Mignolet. Yeah, Mignolet, Mignolet just throws out hands and hopes, <laughs> yeah. hopes the ball comes yeah. to his hands. Mignolet's a Mignolet would be as good as he is now but, but, but if you were wearing a blindfold. He'd just be he'd be just as good. But you guys just signed him to a new five year deal I, last year, didn't uh, you? I don't know. I don't know what the deal was was with I that. No clue. Well, it's because I think Liverpool figures that they could get the greatest keeper ever and bring him into Liverpool, and because it's Liverpool, he would turn out to stink. So they're just they just lock up Mignolet and Carius and just. Hope I think they don't they even survive. I hope they score enough goals to survive. All right, bef- bef- we got to get to Barcelona. Right, right. One final thing, Luke, and then we'll all right, move to Barcelona. I, I think that before they realized they. Could go far in Champions League. They didn't really care about defense and goalie. They just figured, let's get as many attackers as possible. So that's my rationale behind Liverpool's executives. But I think Klopp's done a great job with what he's been provided. All right, Barcelona, 4-1 win over, blanking on the team, Roma at the Camp Nou. First leg, second leg, 3-0 for Roma at the Stadio Olimpico in what was probably the biggest... I would say probably the most shocking upset, just from on paper perspective. I mean, Barcelona, Roma, not the big. They don't have the best caliber or the best uh, uh, pedigree in the competition. And Barcelona, obviously, one of the big one of one A one B with the biggest club in the world. And Barcelona got absolutely smacked on the road in Rome. I think this was an instance of Bar- everything going wrong for Barcelona. Suarez didn't show up. Messi had an off night. And everything going right for Roma. I mean, I I saw them play. We went to Rome and got absolutely smacked by Roma when Chelsea went there. We And we had we drew with them 3-3 at the bridge. So they're a really good team. And yeah, they, yeah, they've yeah. really come yeah. on. 
There's something about this. You see this happen with teams sometimes. It's just the magic of the Champions League gets to teams sometimes. And this team, it's happened to them. And that 4-1 scoreline didn't flatter them at all. I mean, that was a... That was not a 4-1 game in that first leg. They got really unlucky, and they, they proved that true in the second leg by winning 3-0. Yeah, and I think the reason that they, they played so well um, against Barcelona is they're so composed and organized at the back. Kolarov has been a, is a veteran who's been around yes. forever. Allison, scored two goals against Chelsea at yeah, the bridge this a- year. Allison is a great keeper. I really think he's world-class. I mean, mm-hmm. and then they just built Would you the start back. him over, if you're Brazil, do you start him over Ederson? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, no, absolutely. You can't. No, you can't do that. I don't. Th- I, I absolutely. Don't th- I think Ederson's overrated. I do too. I no. also think. I also think Ederson. Well, actually, the other. The other thing that scares me about Ederson is that he's hot under the collar. He should have gotten a red card the way he was shoving oh, yeah. Mane. Oh yeah. Um, he is. But Brazilians like that. That's not. A, that's not a yeah, negative but, for them. But I can, you can, But you can't risk with, that on a on the World Cup Chris. stage when right, you're fine, supposed fine, to fine, win. Fine, fine, anyway, fine. Anyway, back to Roma. Back to Roma. They're so composed and well organized that if. That once they get you flustered, which is what they did to Barcelona early on with that Jekko goal in the sixth minute, once they get you flustered, they're in control. Yeah. It's their match. No matter how much more talented you are than them, they're just so composed and so well organized that once once you're off your game, it's their match. And, and they just at, controlled it. And look at what happened against Chelsea when Chelsea went to Rome. First go- first minute goal by El Shirari, boom, Chelsea were done yeah. from and the first minute on in that game. They and had no chance. They didn't force it. It was the thing. Their goals were in the sixth minute, 58th minute, and 82nd minute. It's not like they were just going high-flying, mm-hmm. we need to score three goals right now or else we there's no chance. They were just calm. They and played they, their they, game. They played their game, and the goals came naturally they weren't forcing anything uh, no 100 percent. and w- what i find even more shocking is that barcelona pretty much has um the spanish league pretty much wrapped up and roma is fighting to stay in champions league next year they're all, they're in third place in the italian league they haven't had a great domestic season which yeah, makes this yeah. weird yeah i mean but under uh Senge's under has really come on since like the the start of this year, he, impre- maybe a he impressed later. me in the, t- in the yeah. short time he was on the pitch. I mean, he's just really good. Plus, I mean, they're playing without Nangolin. If I no, probably he he, play, he, he played, played he was on the bench got, though he, he got yeah. subbed off. Oh. Yeah, he got subbed off for my mistake. But still, it's but still it's impressive that yeah. he, they, he was he, on the he, bench he, for the he third was, goal. He yeah he wasn't a huge contributor. No, for not at all. And he's a fantastic midfielder. Yeah, this Roma team is very lethal. I mean, they're completely underrated. Looking. From a Liverpool's perspective, any team is frightening, but I'm not sure if it's Roma or Bayern I would rather play. I mean, watching that Bayern-Sevilla game, it might be Bayern. I think Bayern were just bored and lazy. I don't think I don't think that it, it's a So sign you're not of form. looking too much into that? No, I think I they th- they knew they were at home. They had they were already up on aggregate. They knew that they weren't really going to be in too much trouble. Sevilla aren't a great side. I think they were. It was just a case of. Robin was missing every shot he took. That's it was fair. just a bored, lazy game for Bayern. I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it's possible that they're out of form, but I don't think that that game proves that they're out of form. Where does Barcelona go from here? They've really started to fall off in the Champions League. I know they won in 2015, but if you look at their recent history, they've really started to struggle in the Champions League, and that's been their bread and butter for the past 10 years, ever since Leo Messi got there. Where does Barcelona go from here, and how crushing is this for them? Well, I do think they'll be helped next year by being actually able to play Coutinho mm-hmm. in the Champions yeah. League. He was cup-tied this year, which was rough. And cup-ties um, will not exist next year. Those yeah. are completely gone, which yeah. is interesting. W- which is inter- interesting, but even if they weren't gone, he'd be eligible next year for Barcelona. Yes. So I think uh, 
classic super club style, a couple big mo- flashy moves here and there in the offseason, but the addition of Coutinho for the Champions League roster next year I think will be probably the biggest upgrade for them in terms of their Champions League chances. Yeah, I'm with Christian on this one, and just another year of uh, the chemistry between Dembele, Messi, and yeah. Suarez. Um, Demb- Dembele, Dembele is an incredibly talented player, but he does not look like he's comfortable there yet. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a little he young. injured he for missed, so yeah, long. Yeah, and I, th- I think he's an incredible talent, and I think he'll fit in well there. He just needs, I, th- I think, a fully healthy summer and preseason, and it, if he plays the rest of the domestic league this year, just building that chemistry. And, yeah, another big move. I, I know Iniesta is leaving, um, so filling that void. With I don't know if that's a fact, but he probably but, but, is. Probably. But he's, he's, probably. Yeah, he probably is. I mean, probably. And I'm yeah, so absolutely terrified that they're going to call about Christian Eriksen. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would I be mean, a great buy I'm, for I'm them. I'm pretty sure they're going to be calling for just about every midfielder uh, with any – yeah. Type yeah, of yeah, form yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably call about Conte as well. Yeah, they'll, oh, call, they'll, they'll, call, they'll call about everybody. I'd be more afraid about that... Conte than about no. I, Chelsea, we're not, we're not going to sell Conte. You got. I, I don't think we're going to sell Ericsson. I think we're more likely to sell Ali. But yeah, that's fair. Um, still, I'm scared of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of it came to a bit of a lull there. So let's let's move on. We've I mean, got they just, already took Coutinho. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is why I was like, all right, great. Now they're not going to call about Ericsson. but, <laughs> but now, now they need everybody they leaving. can get. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got just a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the Champions League. Let's talk about the final four. We've got Liverpool. We've got Bayern Munich. We've got Real Madrid. We've got Roma. Two of those teams. I mean. Three of them are have those the multiple winner badges on them. Liverpool's got five. Bayern's got five. Yeah, they've got five as well. And Real Madrid obviously has twelve. Roma is the odd man out right now, but they are. I know they have twelve. It's yeah, crazy, it's right? Crazy. Um, who's trivia question? Who's second? Who's second in most Champions League trophies? Is it um, AC Milan with eight or nine? Seven. Seven. So they're almost doubling up the next. Yeah. But they, keep in mind, Real Madrid like bought yeah, the first yeah, five. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was back when like the Stefano and like they were like in cahoots with the president of the yeah. country and everything like that. So anyway, the final four, kind of the standout is the the odd man out is Roma, but they're the hottest team right now. They have all the momentum. You have to worry about a letdown. That's like a natural human thing. They give everything for one game, and then you have to come back, and it it, it can be tough. But who is your most dangerous team in the final four of this Champions League? I can't ask you guys to predict a final because the draw hasn't been done yet, and I kind of hate how there's no bracket, so you can't kind of look ahead or everything like yeah. that, but... Who is the most dangerous team left? I mean, I think this is obvious. It's Real Madrid. Um, they've got Cristiano. Even though they almost lost to Juventus at home. Yeah. Um, got knocked out at home. I mean, maybe maybe Salah could do something against Real, but I think Real's easily the favorite to win. They have the, the best player in the world right now. They won it last year. They played, and the year before. Yeah. They played Juventus, which was probably... I think the toughest team to play for Real Madrid. Um, I would agree wise. with that, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they've had a tough path. They've got the best player, and I think they have the best team remaining. So, for me, it's no question. If you're going to say Real Madrid, say who your second most dangerous I, team I is. Was, I was not going to say Real Madrid. Um, whenever I get, you get down t- this close to the end of a tournament, I mean, yes, Ronaldo is the best player left, obviously, but I would look at the team that, has the best striker in the world and that is Bayern Munich with Robert Lewandowski and so I would say Bayern just because Lewandowski having the they have the best striker in the world that's 
that's all I really have to say about but that. But right now, Cristiano Ronaldo is playing striker. I would make the argument that he's the best striker in the world, better than Lewandowski. And they're not. They're but Bayern is not on the best form right now. They haven't had really had a game to care about in months. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they, they played Dortmund and won six nil. But Dortmund's defense is awful, so they're yeah, not going to come think, up against a defense like that. I think. I think Bayern. If Bayern draws Madrid in the semifinal, I think they're out. But if they draw Roma or Liverpool, I think they're going to be able to get their feet back under them in that semifinal, and I think a, a Madrid-Bayern final would go Bayern's way. How confident are you in Liverpool's chances, not just to get to the final, but to win the Champions League, Luke? Um, it really depends. Um, if they somehow get to the final and Real Madrid is somehow not in that final, I believe that Liverpool has a very, very good chance of winning. Um, you just don't like the matchup with Real Madrid. I do not like that matchup whatsoever. But I, I would really enjoy a matchup against Roma because of Salah coming over from Roma. And that Allison. would be fun. True, absolutely. Allison, the rumors he might possibly go to Liverpool. It seems unlikely now, but yeah. Uh, I, I think Liverpool has a good shot. Real Madrid is very, very scary, though, so can't take him lightly. Boys, very, very good show. Very fun one. This is FUVFC, and we will see you next week. <laughs>